Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. And this is the show for experts who want to become the ultimate authorities in their niche while making an impact in the world. Uh, we release episodes every week. Sometimes it's an episode with an incredible guest like today. Sometimes it's a solo episode where I share some of my behind the scene of uh, running GTEx. And it's all around how can you become known in your field and how can you create a highly profitable coaching, speaking, or training business that also makes a huge impact in the world. Now, uh, I would love to offer you some of our extra resources today because if you haven't gotten yet our expert business checklist, where you can, let's say if you're a bit overwhelmed in your business and you're confused and all over the place, it just can give you some clarity. <laughs> so you know where you're going, you know what's most important for you because the more you can prioritize, then it means that, that the, the more effective you can be then make sure that you click the link in the show notes where you can get the uh, expert business checklist. It will help you save time and make sense of the model and the madness that there is in your business. Now, one of the best ways to grow your business when you in particular reach a certain point, but also the beginning, is to outsource is to have other people that are taking the load of your back. Because I know in particular as a coach, speaker, or trainer, there is this mindset of I'm doing everything on my own. And there are a lot of people that don't even think it as a business like a business. Then you arrive to a point where it becomes too much. And at that point, and even before you reach that point, is important to outsource. And that's what we're going to talk about today with our incredible guest. In fact, uh, Nathan is an entrepreneur and expert in remote hiring. Most recently, Nathan co-founded FreeUp.com, and in 2015, with an initial investment of $5,000, scaled it to $12 million per year in revenue, and then was acquired in 2019. In fact, I remember that the first podcast episode that we did, I think you were still owning FreeUp.com, the first podcast episode that we did. Uh, today, Nathan is the co-founder of Outsource School, a company working to educate entrepreneurs on how to effectively hire and scale the virtual assistant through uh, formulas and playbooks. Nathan has appeared on more than 300 podcasts, is a social media personality, and loves sharing advice on scaling remote business. So welcome, everyone. Nathan Hirsch. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great. As good as you can be uh, during, during a pandemic, but yeah, it's good to, <laughs> good to be back. Yeah, man, my life it became a green screen. So <laughs> sometimes I even forget what's what's happening in the outside world. Uh, I actually want to uh, check in with you and uh, uh, and ask you like, how has your life or business changed uh, in a, with everything that happened in the world? So I'm in a unique position, right? Because we sold free up at the end of 2019. So we, we kind of sold it right before the pandemic hit. So we were kind of in a, I say we, my, my business partner and I, we're kind of in a transition anyway, regardless of whatever happened uh, with the pandemic. But it, it, we started outsource school. We started a software called Simply SOP. We started investing and taking minority ownership in a few different companies. And we're looking to continue to, to do that. And I mean, who knows what what was affected by the pandemic in terms of sales? Like, would we have sold more or less or, or whatever? But I think that the VA space was, was kind of 
everyone was going more in the remote hiring, the VA space direction and the, the pandemic kind of just sped it up. So in that sense, it's good. But I mean, on the, on the life sense, I mean, we just moved to, to Colorado where we're stuck inside just like everyone else and trying to, to make the most of, of what's been a, a weird year. <laughs> I'm curious to know like, what, uh, cause uh, when every, I think you did a great job branding yourself in this way. Like every time I think about you, I think about outsourcing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, kudos to you and uh, to your marketing and branding. But the question I have is uh, like, what got you so obsessed or passionate about outsourcing to the point that you created free up and then the outsource pool? So I, I was an Amazon seller. I started back in 2009 out of my college dorm room and man, I struggled to hire to, to the extreme. I mean, I was hiring college kids who I thought I could trust and they were drinking on the job and smoking weed on the job. And I had to knock on their door to get them to, to wake up at noon to, to work for their shift. I mean, it was a, a complete mess. And at the same time, I, I went to the real world and I hired some people for 50K a year plus benefits, which was a lot of money when I was a, a college kid and that they didn't take me seriously. And so I was kind of at a point in my entrepreneurial journey where I had the business, I had everything but the people. And when I first learned about virtual assistants, I, I kind of, I, I, I didn't know how to hire them yet, but I saw that as the solution. If I could figure out how to hire them well, that solves all my problems and, and all my businesses become scalable going forward. And so I set on a mission, on a mission for five years or so to, to really master hiring and, and come up with the, the perfect hiring process, which we now teach at Outsource School. And once I figured it out, my life changed both both personally and stress and relationships, but also financially and business wise and free up what was my way to give back to the Amazon community. We started off helping Amazon sellers get their time back, hire reliable people before expanding to marketing and, and other e-commerce and, and digital businesses. So it, it all kind of came from the solution to, to my personal problem that I struggled with. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping other people figure out that solution. Because I, I know what the before looks like and I know what the after looks like. Complete transformation. <laughs> Total change right. in the way we run our businesses. I totally agree with you. Um, to get to know you better, when you don't outsource or teach outsourcing or invest in companies, what else do you do? When, when there's a pandemic or when, when there's there is a... <laughs> <laughs> well, let's explore when there is not a pandemic and also actually have you entertained yourself on a personal level during the pandemic? No. So, I, I mean, I, I'm like you. I, I travel all the time. I mean, I've been all around the world. Um, I had a lot of travel plans that, that last year that were canceled just because of the, of the pandemic. But I mean, I'm, I'm a big reader. You can see uh, my book collection back there. Um, I work out. I play sports. I play softball and baseball and, and flag football. I'm a, a big proponent of taking care of not only your finance and wealth, but also your, your personal and relationships, but also your health and your fitness and all of that. I'm big foodies. Uh, me and my fiance, we love not only traveling, but also eating and, and trying different foods and cooking. And one of the reasons we bought this house was, was the kitchen that, that went with it. So uh, those are, are just a few of my passions. What, what's your favorite food? So I'm half Italian, half German, but the, for whatever reason, I never really ate German food growing up. So anything Italian, lasagna, pasta, spaghetti, that, that's my, my go-to. 
I gotta gotta bless mom. Like every time we talk about Italian food, I remember when I was in Italy and mom was cooking <laughs> and grandma was cooking. It's like, oh my god, like the flavors, the flavors. And then you know, I've been vegan now for about like 10 years or something like that. And sometimes I ask myself, it's like why? And other people ask me, like, why are you doing this? Like you're Italian, you can have like the most gorgeous food. Um but hey, I'm uh, I'm vegetarian, so I'm with you. I, I couldn't. I want to do vegan. I don't think I could do vegan. So I'm impressed. Uh, right now, it's just like a, a matter of habits. Like before, it was a conscious choice. Now, when someone asks me why are you vegan, it's like <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> I like <laughs> that. That's my lifestyle. But let's go back to let's go back to outsourcing. And uh, I would love to talk about uh, mainly about, uh, around. Uh, uh, we start with the first hire someone, because uh, I would love to have this interview more stage in two, in two different parts. So first of all, is around first hire, then scaling a team of virtual assistant. And the third part is what makes a great operating system, like uh, what make great SOPs. So that's the, the kind of things I would love to cover today. So let's start with the first part. Uh, first hire, if you can give me like two don'ts and two do's when you hire your first virtual assistant. So you want to hire someone for something that you know how to do. I, I was just talking about this on Clubhouse before we got on here. Uh, people were like, how do I hire a VA to, to do this when I don't know how to do it? And in my mind, it's you got to flip that mentality. Like Your first two, few hires are to get your time back so that you can focus on the sales, the expansion, the growth, the marketing of your company. And so I usually start with inbox and bookkeeping because most entrepreneurs spend way too much time doing bookkeeping and spend way too much time in their inbox. So I like to, to get those off my plate first. And I think the, the other, the other don'ts are to think of it as a long-term investment, even early on, like your initial two, your initial hires, if you can make really good ones, those are the people that are going to become team leaders or assistant team leaders or project managers in the future. So those key hires, you, you want to have more of a long-term picture of rather than how can I stop responding to emails? Hmm. I, I can I can see actually my first virtual assistant that I got uh, Wang from the Philippines after was that six years still around she's <laughs> she's in she, she didn't she hasn't had enough yet of me <laughs> so um, but it, it, it's true like he's a, he's a key strategic person now and I couldn't we couldn't do a lot of things in GTEx without her because she has seen like literally the company grow from from zero to where we are now and uh, and take created a lot of the process and a lot of the systems um what would you suggest in terms of uh, uh training uh someone because uh, i think one of the things that i've seen a lot of people making mistakes on are oh i've just hired this new assistant here you go <laughs> <laughs> and then getting upset or getting annoyed that they're not doing the job in the way they want them to do. Can you add a, can you speak a bit on that? So a, a big thing that, that people don't do on training is breaking it down into steps. And I almost look at it the same. Let's say that you hire someone, not a VA, but let's say you hire a freelancer to redo your website and your website is 30 pages. You wouldn't just say, go do 30 pages and show me what you're done what, when you're done. You would say, do page one, show me, I'll give feedback, then do more pages and actually have them prove that they can adjust to your feedback before you keep going. And 
training is very similar. And yes, you need standard operating procedures. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, but we give them the standard operating procedures. We have them spend time learning it. We're there to answer any questions that they have, but it's on them to, to prove that they understand stuff step-by-step. Step. So if I'm teaching a VA to do customer service, first, I'm going to teach them my products. And only when they prove to me that they actually understand my products, will I move on to the next thing. Very similar to if I'm teaching someone my inbox, they need to prove they actually understand my business because if they don't understand my business and then I start teaching them how to do my inbox, that's going to be a disaster. So try to break down the training into parts, teach them a part or give them an SOP for a part, have them learn it, ask questions, prove to you that they know it, that they can do it before you move on to the next part. And that's going to make training a lot better. And it's also going to, or a lot faster, but it's also going to allow you to cut people off before you invest too much energy and time. If someone can't understand your business, find someone else and you haven't invested that much time into them. Okay. So now I've got my first VA. I'm ready. I broke down the first few trainings. Now business is growing. It's time to expand, <laughs> right? It's time to expand here. And I want to expand from uh, one VA to multiple VAs. Now I'm thinking, oh man, like, where shall I start? I'm sure you get this question all the time. So, okay, I got my first few KIs, first few VAs to do this, but now I got a scale. Where shall I start? Um, what's your recommendation on that? So the first thing that, that we always do is we take our best VAs and we try to get them full-time and exclusive to us if they're not already. I mean, I was just talking about this on Clubhouse. Like the, the default is you want everyone full-time and exclusive, like all things being even, that's, that's the best case scenario. Now, not every business can do that and they don't have to do that. They're, I've hired plenty of great part-time VAs, but if my business is crushing it, like with, with FreeUp, we want full-time people focused on us where we're their number one priority. So if I have people that I really like that are part-time before I go out and hire more people, I'm going to go to those VAs that are part-time and see what I can do to make them full-time and I, I, and what I can do to make them drop their other clients and work exclusive to me. And you'd be surprised how, how easy it is. I mean, with free up, we had a, a rockstar VA named Layden who was working for us part-time. She had another client. She was working like 80, 80 hours a week total. So she was probably really tired at the end of every week. And we, we said, hey, like, what would it take to drop your other client? And she came back to us and said, hey, I need a $1.50 raise. Boom, done. One of the best decisions we, we ever made. And she's still with FreeUp even after we sold it. She's a team leader there. So first is get move your part-time VAs that are the A players to full-time, give them the tasks and then see what tasks you have left over and then divide it up to see what additional hires you have. And, and the next step off of that is team leaders. You don't want to have 10 VAs all reporting to you. You want to have lead team leaders and assistant team leaders in place where you're only talking to the top people and they're responsible for their team. And, and that's the next thing you're building towards. And what will be your piece of advice to train someone now to become a team leader? So let's say, because also is uh, like, because someone makes a great VA doesn't automatically make a great team leader. Or it doesn't, doesn't mean they want to be a team leader. That's a, another fact. Another part. True. Well. So here's kind of my, my stance on team leaders. You always want to promote from within. Hiring externally is usually more expensive because if they're any good, they already have a job. You got to pry them away from whoever they're working for. And it's risky because you don't actually know if they'll be a good team leader or get along with your team until you've trained them and invested time and energy and money. So you always want to promote from within. And you also don't want to, like you said, wake up one day and say, and say, I need a team leader. Like who should, who should that be? 
So the, the best way to that we do it and that we kind of hack the system is we give our VAs ownership of the SOPs, of the standard operating procedures from day one, no matter how big or small their role is. If they're doing podcast outreach, once they get going, they're in charge of the SOP. They, it's their job to add videos, add screenshots, make it better, update it over time. And when you have all these different VAs, even if some are part-time or full-time that have ownership of their SOPs, they're going to start to stand out. The ones that can actually take responsibility and take ownership and treat it like it's their business, you'll know from that, that ownership of the SOPs. And then you approach them and find out if they have any interest in the leadership job, because we never want to force someone into a leadership role when they don't want to do it. Uh, that that's that's really interesting because so you you kind of already set the tasks in a way that helps you identify who can be the potential team leaders between the people that I have. Who are the people that can take ownership of this process? Who are the people that will naturally show these leadership skills that I can one day tell them, hey, do you want to now this position here? Uh, other question that I have for you is uh, before we move to what makes great SOPs, because that's what we, we talked about, we tapped on, is uh, how then, like from your perspective, because uh, uh, you mentioned that you, you weren't born like naturally knowing how to manage people and so on. And so you arrive to a point sometimes uh, where the organization is too big. And I remember like for in, um, like one year was a big stretch for me because we went from four to 12 people in one year. Now, for some people, it's like, oh, well, that's not too big. For me, it was grueling because I'm not a natural people manager. I'm just the kind of person that put the head down and goes first and then somehow sometimes looks back and says, oh, you still like, come on, catch up. And so learning how to lead and manage people was a, a big part of the process. So do you have any piece of advice that you've learned to, throughout the years on like making sure that actually you grow and scale in a sustainable way or that you don't like kill yourself in the process. Yeah. I mean, for me, I always try to figure out what my perfect day looks like for me. My perfect day is I like to, to wake up early because I'd rather work early than late. This is just me. Everyone's different. Um, and, and I like having time where people aren't messaging me and calling me and just alone time in the morning. And I always do whatever my most important thing of the day is I do it first. So let's say that assuming something's not urgent, but if something important comes in in the afternoon today, I know that I'm going to do that first thing tomorrow and it's going to get done. It's not going to get delayed. I like doing podcasts and I do one podcast today. You're my podcast today, but I like doing that in the mid afternoon. I don't like doing it too late in the day when I'm tired. I don't do, like doing it right when I wake up. So all my podcasts are usually scheduled midday. And then I like doing phone calls later on in the day where I'm in Denver. It's nice out. I can walk the dogs. I don't have to be in my office and I, I can do that. So that's what my ideal day looks like. And it helps me be more productive, but also be stressed out less and, and, and come every day with my A game because I'm looking forward to every day. I'm not waking up saying, oh my God, I have five podcasts today. Like today's going to be terrible. Um, so I think a, a big proponent of it is mapping out what your ideal day looks like and also figuring out when in the day are you most productive. For me, it's between 7 and 9 a.m. For other people I know, it's between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m., but they better make sure that they're maximizing that time every single day. And it's not always about working eight hours a day on a project. Almost never do I work eight hours a day on a project. I like to break stuff down into small chunks where I'm working on something 20 minutes to an hour every single day. And then you look back in a month and it's done. 
Mm-hmm. And you move forward gradually with everything. And it's like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the last part, which is uh, around uh, SOPs. So for people that don't know what the term, first of all, SOP is, because uh, I had to be schooled. <laughs> so I feel we're talking when I started my business, like, oh, so what are your SOPs? I'm like, so what? It's like a soap. Uh, yeah, I wash myself with soap. I don't <laughs> That's what I need. So what are SOPs and what's the best way to create them? So SOPs are our processes, training guides for your team. And really the simplest way that, that I can break it down for you is do it the why, the steps, and the important reminders. So the why is why are you doing the task? What is the big picture? Don't just say, go find me podcast to get on. Why are you trying to get on podcast? What kind of podcast? Give them the background behind it. Then the steps are on how they actually go through it. And that's different for every task. But then there is the important reminders. And this is where a lot of people mess up. Um, a, a lot of people will, they, they'll hide the important stuff in like step five, part B, instead of having a cheat sheet at the bottom with, hey, don't email seller performance unless I give you permission. Hey, don't respond to my accountant or lawyer in my inbox. Leave those emails for me. Whatever the most important things are, take all of that and put it as a big reminder at the bottom. And if you think of every process that you have in your company, whether it's hiring people, firing people, getting on podcast, order fulfillment, sales calls, Everything has a why, it has the steps, and it has the important reminders, and it makes everything way easier going forward. It also makes your business sellable. If we went to sell free up and they said, how does billing work? How does customer service work? And we said, oh, don't worry about it. It's in my head. I'll teach you. Or don't worry about it. Jane in customer service, she knows how to do it. They're not buying that company. You need those systems. You need those processes. So let's uh, let's explore one. Is there one particular SOP that you have built or that you're using right now that you're really proud of that is like, oh my God, this is so good. Uh, sorry, what is what that I'm proud of? Do you have any particular SOP right now that you've built or that you're using that is like, oh my God, like this is gold and I'm really proud of it. <laughs> Yeah. So this is kind of my, this is one of the hacks to how I I grew free up without spending a lot of money on ads. So I wake up every day to an email from my VA that has uh, like three blogs to reach out to three podcasts to reach out to three Facebook or three Facebook group owners. Um, Now I added clubhouse to the list, but just all the different things that you want. You want to like network with high level entrepreneurs. You want to go after leads. You want to go after influencers. So I wake up every day to this email that has that has their contact information. So then I just spend 10 minutes every day and you could teach a VA to do it. I like to do the outreach and make it a little personal. It takes me 10 minutes to do this outreach. It's all right in front of me. And even if I don't do anything else the rest of the day, I've done pretty consistent outreach five days a week. The average competitor, the average entrepreneur isn't doing that. And every day, more and more things will trickle in. Blogs will respond, influencers will respond. I can always follow up with people. And then you look back in a year and you're like, man, my business is in a lot of places. I have a lot of backlinks. I've been in front of a lot of audiences. And that's just the easiest thing that that every entrepreneur can implement today. So say say it again. You receive it in the morning. What are the three things that you receive? So I receive an email that will have three blogs articles or three blog owners to reach out to, three Facebook group owners to reach out to, three influencers, three podcasts, three people who are running clubhouse groups. And then I can just quickly reach out to them and move on with my day. Love it. So make sure you write it down because... uh this is what is going to move the needle a lot faster in your business. You know, you will be able to create collaborations. You will build your profile. You will go into in front of relevant communities. And that happens literally with 10 minutes a day. And so 
make sure you do this because it's going to transform and change your business. Now, I have one, um, uh, one question to ask because you get, you do interviews daily. So a lot of time, the questions that you get about outsourcing, they're all the same. I mean, I got to do a lot of interviews and it's like, oh, here we go. There is the question. And I know I have my automated answer that I give. Uh, what is a question that you don't get often asked about outsourcing, but people should ask you? <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I've probably been asked every virtual assistant question out there. <laughs> I, I like to focus on creating win-wins for VAs. I think a lot of people don't, don't focus on that. I mean, my VAs, they love their working situation and it's not always about money. Obviously money is a, is a part of it, but even small things. I remember with FreeUp, we had a VA who was awesome and her biggest ask was, hey, can I have a, a two hour lunch break instead of a one hour lunch break and I'll work an extra hour at the end? Sure. No problem. Like that doesn't affect me in any single way. And so it, just small things you can do to make it a really big win for them and also a win for you at the same time. And so for, for me, I'm, I'm always looking for that with my team because when you create win-wins, that's how you reduce turnover. That's how you get people to, to stick around and, and be most productive. When something is lopsided and yeah, you've got this really great VA at a, a good rate and they're working graveyard shift and they're doing what you want, but like, is that really a win for them? Like what small changes non-business impacting changes can you make to make it more of a win for them and it's going to help your business so build that win-win have that conversation with them <laughs> what's important right. to you it's as simple as asking them mm -hmm. like hey what parts of your job your schedule your whatever that do you not like and what quick changes can we make yeah like i did uh, something uh, something recently with our with wang and got her to just write down like okay these are all the things that you do highlight the one that you like doing and highlight the one that you don't want to do anymore or that you don't like doing. Just simple as that. I think it, it helps me also identify what are other things that I can take off her plate so then she can focus on more high level things and on a managerial level, on a, on a project manager level. And uh, because if you're still doing like some of the podcast editing and so on, it's like, oh, you know what? I'm done after three years of podcast editing. Like, <laughs> take, take it off me. It's like, okay, so now I'm going to hire someone that can then schedule and do the podcast editing and so on. Uh, yeah. And that is, is a way to build that, that closer relationship because I think a lot of people, when they see a VA, because it's not someone that you meet in person, I mean, right now you barely rarely meet in person with anyone, but, uh, or they live in another country, they just uh, don't, consider the fact that they are working with another human being is not uh, a machine that uh, you just send tasks to because i think sometimes that's what people have in mind it's like oh i'm gonna send tasks to this person but that's actually a team member that's a family member that's someone that is actually working and growing it your business so treat them as a as a, you would treat someone in an office next to you right Right. I'm, I always try to think of myself, if, if I was the VA, like, what, what would I want? And, and that makes it a lot easier. All right. So to wrap up the interview, Nathan, um, if there is like a tool or something that you use that makes uh, your business or your life better, it can be a tool or a book or a resource for people, what would that be? Yeah, we built this software, Simply SOP. We use it for all of our SOPs. We have a lot of members at Outsource School using it. If you go to simplysop.com, you can check it out. And outside of that, I use Slack and I use Trello. Those are kind of the three tools that I use on a weekly basis. 
Slack, Trello, Simply SOP. Make sure you check it out. There is going to be the link below. So if someone wants to reach out to you, Nathan, uh, wants to get in touch with you, work with you, or sign up to Outsource School, what's, uh, what's the best way? Yeah, you can find me, Nathan Hirsch, on any social media channel or just OutsourceSchool.com. Uh, and uh, actually, can you talk? Uh, can you talk a bit more about Outsource School and uh, what's included in there? Because I think is a is something that a lot of people need to have. <laughs> yeah, so Outsource School is a, a membership. It's ninety seven bucks a month or nine ninety seven a year. We give you all of our systems, our processes, our SOPs, exactly how we hire rockstar virtual assistants for for every role that you can imagine, from sales calls to lead generation to customer service, and we make it very step by step that you can either plug it into your business or you can actually give it to your team, your project managers, your virtual assistants to get the same result. All right, so make sure you check it out. All the links are in the show notes. Nathan, thank you very much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching or listening. Um, if you have not subscribed yet to the show, make sure that you subscribe right now and also leave us a review. Let us know what you enjoyed the most about this episode and what was your biggest takeaway. Uh, please let us know in the review and also the review, they really help us out with the podcast. So if you've been following us for a while, you've been listening to us, you've been watching us, then leaving a review really helps a lot. Uh, having said that, I'm looking forward to seeing your next episode. And always remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how we, you can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.